Hi, welcome back to Kansas City's Marketing and Advertising Podcast. I am your host again, David English, and um, I have with me today a guest that's going to create really a fun conversation. So much of our previous episodes have consisted of, I'll use the term, tangible parts of the marketing and advertising world. Outdoor advertising, billboards, radio, graphic design, and, and when to bring an advertising agency in, what is a buying agency. And I'll say, while that is very important, what we haven't really talked about is the strategic side of a business, you know, growth. What does growth look like? What does a strategic plan look like? And today's guest, I think, is absolutely perfect for those, this kind of conversation. Um, his name is Jim Guinness, and he's going to really allow us to have a conversation and dive into what growth would look like for an organization or for your company. Um, so with that said, I'm going to turn it over. Jim, how are you doing today? Thanks for sitting down. I'm doing great. Thanks. I, yeah, I appreciate that we got together. Uh, again, my name is Jim Guinness. I have worked for uh, a number of companies over the last 25 years. Right now, I'm a client executive at Spotlight Analyst Relations here in Kansas City. Uh, in the past, I've worked for some of the top brands in the world across different industries. So a lot of the growth conversation that we'll have relates to branding. So some of the brands that we've talked that I've worked with and for include Amico Oil Company, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Hallmark, HP, the computer company, State Street Global Advisors, Goldman Sachs, and U.S. Bank. All of those have some pretty consistent branding principles that they apply. I've also worked as an independent consultant advising businesses on this type of stuff. And so I've worked with startups as well. And I kind of like to pull those things together into just one strategy for those companies. That's great. Now, with your experience working with brands, um, how would how do you define a brand for a company? I mean, is it simply a logo, a website, there you go? Or is there more to a brand with the organizations you've worked with? Most people equate a brand with a logo yeah. and a tagline and maybe a website. Yeah. However, brand is really a set of experiences that are manifest through what you see, through what you read, through what you feel, through what you smell, through what you taste, through what you touch. All of those collective experiences are what make a brand. So the more expansive definition takes it from just a visual representation in a logo to something that's much more complete. That makes sense. I mean. Why, with everything you just listed, why is a brand, a comprehensive brand, so important today? Is it because of the technology we have, because of the resources? What, what is that, why is that so important to have that? It's important because the speed of business has accelerated so much and it has gotten so complex, competitors entering very, very quickly, that the way a company rises to the top is by having a clear brand that communicates something to the prospective customers. Today, customers make choices very, very quickly. They also change brands very, very quickly. And it ultimately becomes the experience they have much more than the logo. So for example, if someone is looking for a meal out, it used to be they would go to their favorite restaurant, which was kind of a brand. So let's say you go to Applebee's. Right. And every time you'd go out with your family, you'd go to Applebee's. Well, now you can go on Yelp and look up the restaurants in the area and you find that one of them has a coupon in the area or another one has uh, a, a slower wait time and they have a table ready through open table. They may go to that restaurant 
it's absolutely not brand loyal in that case, it's experience loyal. Mm -hmm. So that's why the connection between brands and experiences is so important. For companies that want to grow and make a name for themselves, it's more than just coming up with a clever tagline and a name and a logo. Uh, it needs to be thought of as a complete experience and that's the only way that a company can compete today. That's great. Now, has that changed in the last five years? Yeah, it has changed quite a bit. Uh, Dave Gutting at Barclay wrote a seminal piece uh, just recently about you know, the, the importance of experience in brands and that in many ways they've become fungible. You can exchange them between. So the brand positioning needs to be something that, is, that has certain pillars that a company will stand behind no matter what. But then it also needs to build in flexibility as well, so that as the market shifts and positions a little bit, the communication vehicles, the channels that you communicate with, the way that you interact with customers, that changes along the way. That allows you to have some fluidity and always stay in touch with your customers without being stuck to just one way of looking at yourself. That makes sense. But with, with the brands that you've worked with, throughout the country, you know, the wide variety of brands. Is there a consistency to what they try to accomplish? Yeah, in each case, the brands have certain things that I guess I would call it very core brand values. Yeah. Um, each of these companies that I mentioned earlier, they have certain things that they want to represent. And it's not a visual representation. It's something that they stand for, right? And how they, how they see themselves in the world. Think about, for example, Southwest Airlines. They stand for something. Yeah. And they manifest that brand in the logo and the way the, the planes are painted and the way that the flight attendants treat people and the way that they use humor at the customer gate. You know, so many of those pieces come together because it's all based on that brand value. You know, they have very clear brand values. And the same is true for the other brands that I mentioned, Amico, Hallmark, HP, they all stand for something. So whether you're a small company that's just starting out or a very large company that wants to expand your brand presence, having a clear vision of those values is absolutely important. Yeah, Southwest is a great example. I mean, from top to bottom, every person I've encountered with Southwest, it's the same mindset. It's that same idea of here's how we're going to treat the customers. Here's how your experience is going to be from the funny to humorous, you know, um, vernacular at the beginning of a flight all the way down to the humor that you mentioned at the front gate. But yet at the same time, they're really, really solid in executing exactly what they need to go. What brands do you admire when you have to, when you look at it, what brands really just for you do a great job? Well, Southwest is a good example of that. Um, you know, another one that I think is very clear is Apple. Uh, they have very clear brand values as well. Sure. It's interesting that they started out as a almost tangential part of the industry that was very, very different. And they've been able to maintain their difference, even though now they're about as mainstream as you can get. That's all. Right? Yeah. So those brand values never died, right? They always stuck with it all the way through. And when you think about the experiences they have, that they're, even their product portfolio is very lean. You know, they don't have that many products for that big a company. Mm -hmm. So they've stayed very focused on the experience with the device that you're working with, very focused on really great design, being focused on being different, 
right? That the people that use Apple products are a little bit different. And they're very proud of that. And that's part of their brand value and brand culture. So I really admire what they've been able to do from starting, you know, in, in Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak's <laughs> garage, all the way up to, you know, the behemoth that they are today. They've been able to maintain that brand presence. And that's really admirable to me. I love that. That's another great example. I personally, I love Amazon. If you look at the history of their company, mm -hmm. Amazon started out selling books and they weren't profitable for a very long time. Um, and they have turned into, I'll use your word behemoth. I mean, they, they run so much of what we do. They have managed to change their brand and alter their brand to stick with, you know, what mainstream is asking of them. Uh, I think they've been wonderful. Um, but stepping away from that just a little bit, um, Apple and Amazon, and you know, they're, they're all great companies. A lot of my listeners are new. Uh, new, new, the companies are new. What talk about new companies for a little bit? I mean, what they're not an Apple. They don't have that brand. What's mm -hmm. talk about new companies for a little bit? So for a new company, it it does start in the same place. And yeah. when I work with companies in the past that have wanted to build a brand from scratch, I always start with the founders and ask them about them as a person. You know, what types of things do they like? How were they raised? What are their fundamental principles that they have applied to themselves in their entire life? We start from there and then start to say, okay, based on those principles and how you personally operate, what are the things that you would want to communicate for your brand new company, mm -hmm. right? Uh, in each of those cases, we really need to make sure that it's centered and is genuine because consumers will be able to sniff out if a company is disingenuous. So it needs to be genuine. Um, and then from there, they, we need to think about how does that brand position with other ones in the market, right? So it's very common for uh, companies to look at all the different competitors that they're trying to go against, and then they do something similar, right? Is that what you really want? You know, do you want to be similar or do you want to be different? If you want to be different, how different do you want to be? And how does that difference come from your core values? What is it that fundamentally makes you different? You know, differentiators are something that I know you've talked about before mm -hmm. on your other podcasts. And that's really true with developing a brand as well. Mm -hmm. So it starts with the values. Then you can start to think about how that would be positioned against other companies in your space. In some cases, the naming may be completely different, right? So if you're working in an industry where, it's, where all the companies kind of follow the same convention, you may want to do something completely different, right? Think about Apple and computers, right? right? <laughs> Who would have thought of naming a computer company Apple? Apple. It should have been NEC or HP or you know, some acronym. Mm -hmm. They went in a completely different direction, and that can be true in just about any industry. That's a great example because you're right. I mean, Apple doesn't have at its core anything to do with computers or technology. Mm -hmm. But if I, I have an iPhone here, you, you see that logo, your brain has changed. Your mind mm -hmm. thinking has changed. Where you, That logo, the Apple with the small little bite out of it, that screams technology now Yeah. Um, because of how their brand and what they've done. Within a logo, I mean, what should a business owner you know consider – you know, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, designing a logo, I mean, is it, um, you know, how much does it really matter? Um, you know, what, 
Is this something you just jump onto Microsoft Paint and just throw something together, or is it is there more to it than that? So this is an area that I'm a big believer in adequate investment for what you're trying to accomplish. You can go to a site like Fiverr and give them the name of the company, and you can come up with a bunch of designs. Mm-hmm. However, what I do, if I'm working with a company that wants to develop a logo as part of their brand strategy, we develop a, a brief, a creative brief that we then turn over to a designer. There's a lot of bad design out there. Mm-hmm. And for a business owner, sometimes they may not have the perception of what great design versus good design is. Uh, so there is a certain level of invest, investment that I think is really important. Now, I'm not talking about spending gobs of money, right? You don't have to hire you know, the top agency in Kansas City or anywhere to develop this for a lot of money. Uh, but finding a good quality designer or working with, there's a, a website called 99designs, that's another good option. You need to develop a creative brief, thinking about your brand, what it represents, who you're up against, and communicate that. That's a more reasonable way to develop it. But making that investment, that logo is important because that's what will be on just about everything you do. Right, It will be on your business collateral, your letterhead, your business card. It will be on your truck. It will be on billboards. It will be on your building, you know, your offices. And making sure that that's clear and communicating and doing what it is that you're trying to make it do is really important. So that's the foundational piece of the brand. And it's important that the design is done well. It's part of the brand. It right. is not the brand at all. What should they take into consideration? I mean, when, when putting that together, I mean, is um, color, re- how it's the size, you know, where information is placed. I mean, a logo is not very big sometimes, but it, there's a lot to consider. Yeah, so this is where a good designer can help you. Yeah. Uh, some of the things to consider are color. You know, there's a lot of psychology around color and what that represents. So, for example, Home Depot orange. Orange is associated with affordability. Uh, State Street Global Advisors is blue, and a lot of financial advisors use blue because that connotes trust. Right? So there's certain things that should be done with color. Another is the fo- the font that's used, if there is a font, you know, sans serif versus serif, you know, is it, does it communicate progressiveness? Does it communicate conservatism? Does it communicate solidity? Each of these are things that come out of your brand values, right? If you're a company that's really about customer service and having a warm, friendly feel, then you'll want something that communicates that in both the colors, the font, and the graphics with it. The final thing then is understanding how it will be used If you're planning to just use a letterhead business card, it gives you a lot of flexibility, right? Right. However, if you're a manufacturer and you're going to be producing something that is as big as a thimble and you need that logo on the thimble, that logo needs to be presented in such a small format that it still is readable. That's not true with all companies. Many don't need to make it that small. So thinking ahead about the future applications of the logo and when and how you'll need to do that will be really important. It is important because you don't want to have to go through a logo redesign or alteration every time you um, make a change in or a change of direction within right. your company. Um, if it's a billboard um, or the thimble or a golf ball or a sweatshirt, you know the, the logo needs to be consistent throughout that all. I see a lot of companies and what I do, 
Um, when I ask for a logo, they'll send me eight to 10 variations with different color and different font. And mm-hmm. it's so inconsistent that it makes the brand very hard to recognize uh, when it's in the mainstream. Because if one's blue and one's red, one's sans serif and one is, is not, it's difficult for the consumer. Is that fair? Yes. I remember you when you had Emily Crafton on earlier, she talked about the importance of consistency. Right, we did. Right? So that logo, every time it is seen by someone, it registers another neuron in your brain, in right. your memory, about that part of the experience. And again, this is a whole experience thing. So each time they make that connection with it, it reinforces, 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 and ultimately builds that recognition and recall so that when they're ready to make a decision about your product or service, your name and your logo comes to the forefront. That's great. Um, how do you how do you go about you know coming up with that without spending an arm and a leg and you know making it um, making the company broke before you even open the doors? I mean, is there a, a method to that? What's what's the best path there? Yeah, there are some resources that you know you can find online. Just, you right. can Google how to build a brand from scratch, and you. If you walk through the exercises, let's say you have uh, two founders of a company mm-hmm. and they just have a concept now, they're thinking about getting somewhere, uh, they now need to have a name and a logo. They could just spend a day, get a cool drink, get out a notebook and walk through some of these exercises to say, what's important to us? What are we like? What is it that we want this thing to be? And ultimately build out you know, your brand values what you are and also what you're not, right? Um, What you stand for, what is it that you think will be different about you versus anyone else? A number of these things you can just do with a notebook in your living room. You don't need necessarily an advisor to do that. An advisor can certainly help, but that first part really comes from the heart and the only person that can do that is the founder. The founder because of that connection, that passion for the business. Yes. so this is something a startup can do. Um, if you're talking a cool drink and a notebook and, and an evening with you know maybe your other partner or you know something along those lines, startups can dive into this and, and knock this out fairly easily, even though it's a very important part of the process. Right. Again, you know, working with someone that has done this before definitely helps. But another thing to consider is, let's say you come up with an idea and you really love it. Okay. There is a way to do some simple market research just to see, make sure that you're not going off in a wrong direction. Sure. So you could take that idea, that concept, write it up in a one-page summary. We are this company, this is what we're planning to do, this is what we stand for, this is what we're called, and this is why. Share that with you know, 20, 30 people. If you're starting a business, chances are you know 20, 30 people, and I'm not talking brothers and sisters, and your mom, right? But professionally, go to people that you respect, people that are in and also outside your industry, run it by them, and just get their gut-level feedback. It's almost like doing four focus groups. You can send it through email, ask for their response, have them edit it. You can get a really good sense. If you're way off base, then you'll hear it. Now, important in that, though, is if your goal is to be different, you should expect that some people will say, this just doesn't make sense to me. You should expect that. And you need to be comfortable with that if that's what your goal is, is to be fundamentally different. 
And that's okay. You know, the people that have made really great brands over the years, they usually did something that was against the grain. Mm-hmm. And so there is a certain amount of that innovation that comes into it. No, it's great. And that feedback is really helpful. The, if it's the, I don't really know what's going on here, man. What is this? That's just as important. If not, I'll argue more important than everyone giving you the, hey, this is great. I love what you're doing. Blanket answer. Mm-hmm. I want that feedback to know if I need to alter this or if I'm going down the right path or not. Right. Um, so that covers startups to, to, to a you know, really good degree. What about companies that are established? The company who's been in business for a while, a few years, how do they know my brand makes sense and it's, and it's working or how, where do they realize I've got to make some significant changes? Um, how does that, walk me through that. When I did my consulting work, that was the type of company I worked with more than anything. Okay. It was companies that got to a certain critical mass they achieved maybe $5 million in revenue, maybe they have 10 or 15 employees, yeah. and now they're ready to take it to the next level, right? So they already have a track record, they already have some presence in the market, uh, but there's something that fundamentally needs to happen for them to start growing at the pace that they're looking for. In that case, part of the discussion is around are you going to expand, and this goes back to growth, right? Are you going to expand with new products? Are you going to sell related services? Are you going to go after a new market? Are you going to go after a new customer segment? Uh, are you going to acquire another company, a smaller one, that you think will bolt on to what you have? That growth question really then leads back to the brand. So if you were a brand that's founded on uh, Outdoor media, and your company is Billboards R Us. Okay. And you've gotten to the point where you've saturated the market. Now you want to go into digital media. If you have a company called Billboards R Us, going into digital media will be hard. Right. Right. So in that case, you need to go back and say, do we need to now somehow redo our our brand? And it may be something like, you know, BRU Digital. So billboards are us, digital, BRU digital. Maybe that's the bridge that you need to get to that new piece of your business, that new growth path. If, however, your growth is where billboards are us and we're going to go from the Kansas City market to the St. Louis market, you probably don't need to change your brand. Maybe just a visual refresh would work or a website refresh. Instead of having Kauffman Stadium in the logo, you put the arch in the logo. Right. Something along those. So it's... Still similar, the consistency is still there, but it's just it's appealing to a different audience. Yeah, and that's where it can get much more uh, involved in terms of there's brands and there's sub brands and product name brands. So think about HP, where I worked. HP is the master brand, but they also had product brand names like Office Jet, Desk Jet, Pavilion, right? Those are all product brands, and sub brands are something kind of in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on the growth strategy, it will drive what you want to do with your brand. So what, let's say a company wants to you know, work on their brand and make changes to that. What should they do? What, what should a company do if they want to just I mean, reinvent themselves? They've made that decision. What does that process look like? So this is where, if it's a company that's already established like that, I definitely advise working with you know, an agency or yeah. an advisor or something like that. This is not just going out with your cool drink into the living room. 
you may have that kind of thinking about where you want your growth to be, but by that point, you probably have an advisory board, you have an executive staff, they're all stakeholders in the business, you have customers that are involved with you. So it becomes a much more important decision. You don't want to lose your existing customer base, but you want to expand in the future. So in that case, I do advise bringing in an agency. Um, there's a number of really good local agencies here that can help with that. Um, it may also include some more robust research. We had talked before about you're doing a startup, you can talk with 30 people you know. In this case, I think you need to do more of a brand study, right? And it doesn't cost nearly as much as you may think. Uh, and again, there are agencies that can help with that. So getting some foundational research, thinking about where that growth is going to go and help, having an agency kind of guide you through it, I think would be really appropriate. Oh, yeah, that's great. Is the reason for the difference because one is established and a startup is really getting going or is, the, is, it, is there more to that? Is it just black and white? I've had success. I should probably go find an agency to help. It's ultimately about managing risk. So an established company has a revenue stream coming in. They have existing customers that know and recognize them for the things that they do right now. If a company is going to go on a whole new growth path and they're pivoting, you don't want to sacrifice that revenue stream. You have employees that are counting on that paycheck. That is not the same situation that a startup has. So in this case, there's more responsibility to be a good steward for the investment in the company and to be that good steward means that you're managing the risk so that's why you would bring in professional help i like that because you I mean you did you're right you've got employees you have clients also who are used to a certain way of life working with you and you don't want to ups, up, upset that apple cart either um, because the clients at the end of the day are the lifeblood to you know regardless of just your success I can't thank you enough for sitting down. Um, I really appreciate your time. Are there any closing remarks, any closing ideas you want to get across to the listeners and um, make sure you know they know you know any other information you want to pass on? Yeah, I think the thing that I'll close with goes back to where I started with the definition of the brand as an experience, a set of experiences. Mm -hmm. As you think about your brand strategy and where it is that you want to go next, you should be thinking about all the different touch points with your customers and how is the brand represented to those customers. So for example, if you call into your company, if someone calls into your company, how do you answer the phone? Is it, hi, BRU Incorporated, and that's it? Or if, if BRU Incorporated really wants to be fun and, and exciting, Hey, we're, this is BRU. We're so glad that you called. What can I do for you today? Or how can I, how can I delight you today? Mm -hmm. You know, how you answer the phone, uh, how you greet people, um, how signage works. You know, if you're in a facility or something, you need to guide people. Uh, how your technology comes in. So if you're installing software, what's that opening screen? What, what is the experience for installing that software? How quickly can I get support and help? All of those things go into the brand, right? And so I encourage people to think very holistically about all the touch points that you have with your customers. It's not just the logo, it's not just the name, it's not just a tagline or a website. It's all of those pieces that ultimately contribute to the brand experience. And that's where you can build that loyalty because people are loyal more to experiences now than to names 
and that's the way that you can keep ahead. Couldn't say it better. I mean, it allows people to really understand what that experience is going to be like to work with you. And again, thanks so much. If someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to go about that? If they have questions for you, um, how can people reach out? Yeah, I'm happy to talk to anyone about this. I, I love to chat brands and marketing mm-hmm. and strategies. So they can re- reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to reach me. That's great. Well, hey, thanks so much again. I, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. Um, everyone, please, I, I really appreciate the feedback that is coming through via email. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want to be involved in the podcast, continue to email me at denglish at ad-trend, T-R-E-N-D.com. Um, I, I really look forward to hearing from you and all the feedback um, has been really great so far. So thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great day and thank you again for listening.